Animism might be able to cure us of conspiracy theories. Uh, my name is uh, Rune Janu, I'm a historian of religion, and I'll explain why in this video. Animism um, enables people to perceive personality and intention, importantly, in events. Stuff that happens doesn't just happen to the animist. Animists typically perceive events not just as something, but rather a meeting or an engagement almost with someone. But in the, in the modern reality, that imposes on us this sort of distinction of rupture from this meeting. You know, modernity teaches us there isn't a spirit in the tree. You know, events aren't inhabited by personal intention. Um, but the human mind still needs this personal intention, particularly when something startling happens, like the death of Princess Diana or 9-11, COVID-19. So where does the human mind and intelligence go when our you know, normal analysis of, of, of the world has been stifled in this way by modernity telling us that there isn't any personal intention in the spread of COVID-19. It's just a virus. It's almost like the size of a molecule has no more intention than a handful of Lego bricks or something. You know, where does the human mind go then in order to understand the intention in the coronavirus? Well, it goes into a space cadet shuttle and then it shoots off towards the Beta Centauri star cluster by creating these weird and self-defeating fantasies about human agents engineering the events. That is conspiracy theories. And this is also why I think that animism or healthy animist patterns uh, may uh, contribute to curing us of this horrid bug in our intelligence circuits. Um, but conspiracy theories aren't a new thing. Uh, they've been with us for a while. Um, and uh, I won't go through all the uh, detail of the history, but it's mostly when someone uh, wants to be assholes to someone else. For instance, the Romans, they wanted to target Christians, so they disseminated ideas that Christians sacrificed children in cruel rituals. You know, King Edward I of England had incurred depths with a Jewish tradesman, uh, and his, so his natural response was to disseminate the idea that Jews sacrificed children in cruel rituals, for instance. And this led to pogroms and, and uh, the 12th century expulsion of the Jews from uh, England. Uh, but this kind of thinking uh, can move into rather uh, unsuspected places, in fact, uh, and it, it often rests, rests on this particular kind of um, rejection of information and in order to establish parallel realities. For instance, in the 1970s, socialists really wanted to believe that the Soviet Union was saving all of us, so uh, they disseminated the idea that <coughs> information in standard media was just engineered propaganda. In the 1990s and early 2000s, capitalists really wanted to believe that capitalism was saving all of us, so they disseminated the idea that scientific consensus on climate change was really engineered propaganda. <clears throat> and there's even a case uh, where, and <laughs> take this, I'm not making this up, I promise you, Swedish radical feminists really wanted to believe that heterosexual men are inherently evil and derive perverse sexual satisfaction from torturing and hurting women, so they disseminated the idea that there are secret cults of men sacrificing young women in cruel, women in cruel rituals. And they really believed this stuff. People in, in quite high places ended up um, believing that stuff. 
Um, conspiracy theories are upheld by an enormous capacity to reject sanity. Um, you cannot argue against conspiracy believers because then you are clearly duped by the web of lies spun by the anthropomorph space lizards, or worse, you are in fact perhaps one of them. I'm probably going to be um, accused of being a space lizard now myself. And yeah, space lizards, that comes from the conspiracy theorist David Icke, who has the idea that world history is controlled by a conspiracy of uh, space lizards that have <laughs> morphed into human form is <laughs> pretty cuckoo. Um, the conspiracy theory conveniently ignores what anybody with a modicum of historical, historical understanding knows, and that is that close to nothing that happens in the real world can really remain a secret for very long. Of course, it's not unambiguous. You know, sometimes there are secrets, uh, but generally, you know, no. Uh, and certainly not the implementation of such elaborate and complex machinations and, and plots as often uh, envisioned by the conspiracy believer. Um, yeah. So if you want to do something morally reprehensible and you're a politician, the first thing you have to do is to say it, you know, which is exactly, exactly what most uh, politicians do they, if, they, if they want to be assholes, basically. So, but conspiracy believers don't understand this. Uh, does this impossible invisibility of the conspiracy's devious workings not just prove how universally pervasive it is? Does it not exactly affirm that it's everywhere in the air we breathe and behind every webcam and so on? Um, but there's also there's a thing about conspiracy theories that just cracks me up. And that is the way that their emotional appeal seems to directly contra contradict, conflict with their central claim, actually. <clears throat> the conspiracy believer typically sees himself, I think it's mostly hims, uh, as these clandestine resistance keyboard warriors, proudly defiant bannermen of the truth that they are programming the rest of us against. However, when you look at the pretty cataclysmic dystopia that is our age, uh, how can you look at this and not deeply long for conspiracy theories to actually be true? I mean, just imagine a world run by some council of hyper-intelligent humanist, possibly Jewish, egghead gentlemen linked with philanthropes such as George Soros and possibly the UN. I mean, this is actually a quite utopian scenario. And this is part of the real secret to why conspiracy theories are, are so uh, incredibly appealing. They pose as rebelliously clandestine insights, but they really serve as a deep consolation to the believer uh, by assuring the believer that there is intelligence involved in the management of the world. And the problems that are here are existentially manageable, right? That's a consolation that uh, conspiracy theories give, right? Is it a problem that hothouse earth uh, will disrupt agri agricultural patterns and create hundreds of millions of refugees within the next generation? Oh no, not at all. The real problem is clearly chemtrails, you know, the lines that airplanes draw on the sky, which according to some conspiracy theories does something evil to all of us. You know, is it a problem that a virus is spreading and destabilizing the whole Western world, threatening to pl plunge the United States even further into neo-fascism from the uh, present sad state of Donald Trump's sort of buffoonocracy there? Oh no, not at all. That's just what they want you to believe. The real problem is that somebody is asking you to wear a tiny paper mask. You know? Now, who wouldn't want to believe this? That our most serious problem 
is the threat to civil liberties posed by little paper masks, not, cu not climate change. I would like to believe that, totally. I would live my bourgeois little life and have sex with my little old ladies on Fridays and barbecue pork chops on Saturdays and tire my friends with endless sermons about how the real problem in the world is that Princess Diana was killed by Zionist space lizards. You know? This thinking is infantile and is motivated by a craving for a safe and stable world that does not exist. So please take the adult choice and wake the fuck up. There is no intelligence whatsoever involved in the management of this world. Had there been intelligence even remotely involved, then someone would have gotten uh, CO2 emissions and climate change under control 30 years ago. Revised capitalism with sustainability and, you know, how can a phenomenon such as Donald Trump even exist in a world that has any interface with intelligent, manage intelligent management? Really? Mm, of course not. Now, <clears throat> But, but of course it's also important to say that, uh, that uh, criticizing conspiracy theories doesn't imply cancelling social critiques, right? It's evident that power is problematic, of course it is. It's not, often not yielded to the benefit of the people. It, it often is often imposed, imposing intransparency on uh, the operations of power um, and so on. However, Note how the morally abject aspects of how power is operated today are you know, pretty well known, really. You know, if you go into what is openly stated from you know, think tanks and politicians about you know, declaring these idiotic wars all the time, dismantling welfare and human rights, and uh, you know, all the stuff that's widely known about intransparency, abuse of power, insane levels of surveillance by big tech companies, breaks in constitutional laws and so on, if you look at all that openly stated, then who needs space lizards? Conspiracy theories, and that this is a problem, the problem why I'm a little bit angry with conspiracy theories, is that they divert attention and urgently necessary activist resistance away from real shit that human actors are openly stating that they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. But interesting thing about conspiracy theories in relation to uh, animism is the way that they think about intention in events. Uh, and this is a logic which is well known from uh, anthropology. When the early British uh, anthropologist uh, Evans Pritchett looked at how the Central African Asande um, reasoned uh, around uh, a um, uh, catastrophic event, uh, then he, he found that they needed a culprit. So they they used their notion of witchcraft to explain how someone's intention and agency had caused the catastrophic event, right? And this is where um, uh, conspiracies uh, take off. The conspiracy believer sees an event like 9-11 and asks, cui bono? Who benefited from this? He then looks for the guilty among those governments and agencies who following on 9-11 proceeded to exploit the event to dismantle civil and human rights and lead wars and colonize oil fields and expand government con control at the expense of basic rights and liberties of humanist democracies and so on. And the conspiracy uh, theorist rightly observes that these agents used the 9-11 event for their purpose. So he sort of concludes that their intention seem, seems to inhabit the event. They must have somehow wanted it, since uh, it ended up being so useful, uh, useful for them in you know, being assholes to people, basically. Ergo, they made it happen. Now, 
in animist realities, this kind of analysis um, is an ever-present part of human life. Life's events are caused by forces other than human, and this doesn't just count for catastrophic events, uh, but certainly also uh, for positive events. A god can lead a person towards a career. A spirit can protect you or give you a voice. Uh, divination uh, is typically a tool to sort of read and understand this aspect of, of um, what happens. Tarot cards, reading burnt bones, rune castings, Ifa curry readings, and so on. These are tools to discover and engage subjectivity in events. Um, and we have, uh, we have an instinctual propensity to analyze and engage other than human subjectivity uh, that is uh, imminent in our reality with intention. You know? uh, when we've found our way in life, we analyze this and, 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 and read the intention in it. And we conclude that Freya, Ogun, Jesus, or the bear spirit has helped us perhaps getting a new job or finding a new boyfriend. Now we give thanks to the other than human, uh, and then the relation is enforced and the intention and thereby the subjectivity of the other than human is made even more Im imminent or materialized in the events. Now, conspiracy theories are driven by this instinct to look for personality in events. And this is also uh, why they often lean very heavily on uh, polytheist realities. So, uh, conspiracy theories are often going on about the Mesopotamian Anunnaki gods, and they were really the original alien conspiracy, or other figures such as the Bnei Elohim of, uh, of the Bible, those sons of gods descending in the, in the Genesis, or the strange figures on um, Maya reliefs carved in the ruins of Palenque. Uh, and, and these all show animist perceptions of powerful being uh, having contact with humanity. And the conspiracy theories, uh, you know, the conspiracy theory is sort of using that um, to sort of affirm the idea of powerful human constellations or alien lizard constellations, whatever they are. Uh, so, um, yeah. And, you know, in, in prehistory, there's a lot of weird stuff. You know, there's a, a lot of... Mm, weird figurations and so on and conspiracy theories are often looking at these and whenever the conspiracy uh, theories see something that's really weird then it becomes an affirmation of the theory. Conspiracy theories are in a sense animism out of place. It's animism that has gone bananas and that's why I suspect that conspiracy theories are a problem that sort of springs from this divide from the world that modernity creates, where the sphere of meaning, intention and personhood is closed inside, encased inside the human being, and uh, divided from this exterior dead material world, right? So, um, uh, so instead of creating an animist relation to the world by allowing us to engage other than human motivations in the world, the conspiracy theory creates these Three completely freewheeling postulates about human actors politically engineering the absolutely incoherent events of our sadly very chaotic world. Um, and yeah, so this is why I think that healthy patterns of animism ought to be able to uh, contribute at least to curing us of conspiracy theories. You know, animism is the capacity to uh, perceive intentionality and subjectivity inherent in the uh, material world instead of some 
gibberish about you know human constellation, uh, constellations of politically motivated scientists creating impossibly elaborate secret schemes to rationally engineer events that are clearly a hundred percent devoid of human rationality. Right? I'm going to give you an example of um, how. Uh, more uh, organic, uh, I would say natural or functional human um, animist, uh, uh, animism works in the reading of intention and subjectivity in events. Um, West Africa in the 19th century. European colonizers brought to West Africa a weapon that has been named the greatest killer in history, smallpox, the disease smallpox. Now try to think for Think about this for a moment, from the perspective of uh, West Africans. This very violent condition was brought there by people who looked kind of different uh, from them, who visibly came on big boats, people who did extremely destru destructive things in West Africa, inciting wars between states and bought off so many enslaved people that whole areas got depopulated and so on. And this, this um, area uh, actually became known as the Slave Coast because of this. But um, uh, West Africans had, and actually still have, very, very healthy and functional animist uh, ways of, of um, relating to the world. So they didn't primarily just create some hula-bula about the event being engineered by human agents, uh, like contemporary Westerns, Westerners are doing so intensively with the, the COVID-19, the spread of the COVID-19. Maybe such ideas were there as well, uh, to some extent. I mean, things aren't unambiguous and, and, and such ideas could have been there. But, but it's remarkable that it wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the main way that they read intention in the, uh, the smallpox uh, event, in spite of the fact that a foreign force had landed like actual almost aliens, you know, and, and, and the disease came from there. These people were able to see, well, Europeans also got smallpox and died from it. Uh, so it wasn't like something that they were cooking up in a laboratory or something like that, you know. So, um, so the, the, uh, the way that, that these uh, West African uh, animists uh, read the intention in the smallpox epidemics is, I think, more real, more true somehow, and, and, and stronger. It's a stronger analysis. They uh, perceived subjectivity inside the spread of the, the smallpox. They, 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 they still looked for the, perceived the intention in it. And they gave it a name, Sakpata, the god of smallpox. And then people could relate with it. Uh, Sakpata's power uh, could even be yielded by human magicians and uh, this deity who, de who then got a lot of other names uh, through history, Babalu, Obaluaye, Omolu um, and so on, Shopona, this, this uh, deity changed through history and also became um, uh, a god of uh, healing. So uh, humans are relating with this very drastic event in a way that, that, uh, that's very existentially useful when they, <clears throat> when they read the intention and the subjectivity in the smallpox ep epidemics in, in this way. And this is what I would suggest uh, thinking in, in relation with uh, animism and conspiracy theories. I think Amazonian shamans and West African diviners could really give us the kind of explanations for something like COVID-19 or even 9-11 that would enable us to understand these events in a much, much better, more natural and more, more uh, existentially useful way 
by relating to them and building relation to them rather than just showering them in nonsense that is, you know, uh, built to to uh, create uh, uh, really unfortunate and unkind uh, interactions between humans. Yeah, that was a little thing about um, animism and uh, conspiracy theories. You can follow my work on this channel um, and I'm um, also patron support me if you want. I'm mainly working on how to read Nordic history religions from the uh, perspective of new animist theory, thereby seeing it as a kind of Eurotech, Euro-traditional ecological knowledge. Um, and um, um, yes, so thank you very much and see you around.